Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And we're the girls behind Comments by Celebs. And welcome to another episode of our Kardashian bonus show. Hey, Jewel. Hi, Emmy. What did you think about this episode? I really liked it, actually. <laughs> yeah, you watched it first. I think, you, I mean, I liked it too, but you, I felt like were even a little bit more invested than I was. Yeah, I just felt like there are good discussion points and a lot of kid content. So what more could I want? No, it's true. Just to tell you guys how we're going to do this, we're going to do it a little bit differently, a little more similar to how we've been doing the past couple of weeks, just because there were a lot of scenes here where we don't need to go through every single detail. So we'll talk about the major points and we will do it scene by scene, but a little less, uh, I don't know, extraneous detail, I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah. But before we even start, normally we would wait till Monday, but I'm sorry, this just cannot wait. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yesterday in the midst, I should also mention, by the way, we're recording this. There has still not been a decision as to the presidential election. So our anxiety has been on high all day. It's, you know, if you guys are feeling like that, trust me, we are too. We're taking just a little break to do this. I don't know by the time this episode comes out, what will have been the deal, but just know that if you're feeling that sense of uneasiness and anxiety, we get it because yep. uh, we're right there with you. We are right there with you. Um, you know, people were asking us, we felt a little weird, I think even recording one, but people I felt like needed some sort of an escape. So we wanted to try to provide that. I honestly think I needed it too. You did need it. I needed a reason to like force myself to be pulled away from a TV screen. Yeah. This, this is an experience I don't think we've ever really felt in terms of, Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so before we even start yesterday, we are just both in our own homes and all of a sudden Courtney posts that story. If you are listening to this, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's her holding up that old photo of her and Scott. She's in that red dress. He's in that all black suit with the Hermes belts. She writes, wow, with the crying cat face at let the Lord be with you. This looks like it was, I don't know, season one, season two content. It had to have been in terms of the way that they look, but goddamn, does this send the internet and our followers into a frenzy? It was... I just feel like everything they do now is just a little piece of the puzzle. It's just a little hint for us. Right. And so then, I mean, listen, here, let me just explain to you kind of how it's all going down. Because, of course, you guys know we've been thinking about this for such a long time, hoping for it. We see any sort of little hints and we feel additionally excited. We're coming off of them both just posting those solo pictures of themselves, you know, back at Kim's, etc., But then also yesterday, I think it was Dumois, the Instagram account, because a lot of people sent it to us, posted that blind saying like, yeah, Courtney and Scott are getting back together, but they're not really making it public until the finale of Keeping Up. Who knows if that's true? Like I truly have zero info as to what their deal is, but you hear all these little things and your mind can't help but wander. I know. I, every time, like that would be the best ending imaginable, um, but I just don't know. Like that picture really shook me last night for some reason. I like expected CNN to stop coverage and, and John King to be like, and now zooming in on Calabasas where we take you to Courtney and Scott and what they're going through right now. And I, that would have just made total sense to me in the moment. I know Steve Kornacki is like, yeah. <laughs> we don't have results on Nevada yet. So uh, yeah, no, I know. What are we doing wasting time in Fulton County. Let's head over to Calabasas. No, seriously. I mean, it was, I don't know. I don't know if she knows that. Well, I do know she knows that, you know, the entire kind of world is rooting for them to get back together. So she's kind of just feeding into it and playing with us. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe they really do have this rekindling that's happening behind the scenes. I mean, to be honest with you, I do kind of 
in my soul feel like something's happening, but then I get thrown off because then I see, you know, those pictures of Scott out on those nights with these different models, but then I'm like, okay, well, maybe they're not together together. They're just kind of figuring it out. I really don't know, but my mind is constantly going in circles about this. I have to say, and maybe this is just a me thing, but it seems like it would be really fucking fun to be a celebrity specifically Kourtney Kardashian right now and just be able to post things just to fuck with people. Oh my God. The amount of power that it's really not just the Kardashians though. Like there are so many celebrities where if there's a, either a scandal or a relationship or something that they know about themselves that people are absolutely captivated with every single move, they know that one comment, one like is going to, is going to start a whole thing. For example, I think it was last week we saw Elizabeth Chambers Hammer liking that Perez Hilton or Us Weekly or whatever post it was about Lily James and Army Hammer. That is not yeah. an accident. It's, it's, it's one thing to accidentally like a tweet. I think we've all been there. That's really kind of scary when you're scrolling through. So I don't necessarily take that as like God's word, but it's to like an Instagram post. I don't know. You got you to gotta either click directly or you got to tap twice. So it's right. not an accident. Yeah. And I think that they you know, people that are famous or even people that aren't that famous, but just happen to be involved in these very kind of timely pop culture, crazy events, know the power that they hold by such little actions because social media has allowed these like very nuanced things to be headlines. Right. It is. It's really crazy. I mean, when Courtney posted that one photo, you know, I just, I had it. I was like, I can't take this anymore. And what's so comforting is that like, it isn't just us. We got that photo sent to us more than I think any story that they had posted, possibly with the exception of when Kim was posting the stories in the car on the way to Palm Springs with the whole Jordan situation. I think that was the only time that we had gotten a Kardashian story sent to us more than we, than we did with this Scott and Courtney one. Yeah, no, absolutely. People were shook. So, you know, trust me, we were right there with you. I, Does it mean anything? I don't know, but I'm going to keep the faith. I say it every week, cautiously optimistic. That's what we have to be, you guys. We have to. What are we going to do? Not hope for it? No, we have to. And if anything, maybe it doesn't mean anything right now, but I just think that each time they do something like this, we're inching closer and closer. Well, let me put it like this. A year ago, she would have never done that. No. Not with him in a relationship. Absolutely not. There's no way. I just don't see it. I don't know. You know, it's interesting because- they have always had such a unique dynamic in terms of like how it's been when either of them are in relationships. And we talk about this a lot. The example when she and Scott took the kids to Finland and Sophia came and it's like in any other family, maybe that would have been a little off. I'm sure there are, there's many that do it, but you know, they just seem to really, really do the whole co-parenting thing well in a way where it wasn't uncomfortable when one of them were in a relationship. However, I do think there's a level of respect for that person's significant other. And so not because it means anything, posting an old photo in the scheme of things doesn't really mean anything, but I think Courtney, knowing the power that that holds and also knowing the media circus that would arise, I don't really think she necessarily would have done that with Sophia in the picture. Maybe I'm just forgetting about a time that she did. No, I agree with you. I, I very much agree with you. There's just, I don't know. I don't know, guys. Something feels a little different. I feel like this time bonds people in a way where you just, you can kind of cut the bullshit out and maybe that's what's happening. Yeah, maybe. As my dad would say, say it with us, from your lips to God's ears. (laughs) Your dad only says that? (laughs) 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 Should we get into the episode? 
Yes, I would love to. So this episode basically centers around three main plot lines, Chloe's continual quarantine and how Tristan being there affects everything. We'll talk about that a lot. Kim being overwhelmed by, you know, being alone with the kids. Yes, of course she had nannies there, but I think just she's spending more time than normal. And then the Kendall and Kylie fight, which to me was probably the most interesting element, I would say. Yes, I think so too. I also just want to say before we start, and you and I were talking about this last night, and I feel like it's maybe good. I don't know if it's for our listeners or for us to make this point, just like for our internal scales, but listen. I get it. We, Julie and I have been incredibly um, frustrated, whether it's warranted or not, with Kylie recently. I know that sounds weird since we don't know her, but you know, you go through phases with with celebrities and like there's just there's just an element to the way that she's been interacting on social that just feels so off. Like we are in literally the middle of the most important election ever and you're promoting the Kendall and Kylie collection. It just feels so off. And and it's just like, I don't know, it seems like she's in an, another world. I know you can make that argument for everyone, but it just feels different. And so I feel like we have to try to take that lens out of it. We're talking about this fight. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. Because this is an isolated incident, although one could argue that you're looking at a pattern of behavior here that then extends to what we're currently dealing with. But in the moment, yes, let's just treat this as an isolated thing and, and tackle it for what it is. Well, Julie sent me a voice note last night because she watched the episode before I did. And she was like, okay, this is not good. We, we can't just shit on Kylie the whole time. <laughs> no, I don't want to. Like, I I go through definitely phases with Kylie. I think it's similar to Courtney. Like, you go through phase with Courtney where you're like, oh, my God, she's the worst. Everything she's doing is the worst. And then she does something great for a whole, you know, since the season ended and you're like, oh shit, now I feel bad for shitting on Courtney so much. Like, I think that's okay to go through phases with them right now. I'm not in a Kylie phase. I feel a little disappointed in her and this episode didn't help, but I don't want to go as far to just shit on her entire life right now. Right. No, I, I, I agree, obviously. So we're starting really out with the Kendall and Kylie plotline and they're on this Zoom and it's Kim, Chloe, Chris, and Scott. And, you know, they're kind of just talking about how everyone's doing. And this is when Kim asks if Kendall spoken to Kylie yet. And she says, nope, I thought about it. I never heard from her, not even a little bit, which is rare. It's almost been what? And Kim says, it's almost been a month. And in her confessional, Kendall says, Kylie and I got into a pretty big fight on our way home from Palm Springs. It's been a really long time and I haven't heard from her. It's really weird. We've never gone this long without speaking. Chloe says, but I did send her a text and I said, so how long are you not going to speak to Kendall for? And she kind of snapped at me. Kim says, oh my God, me too. I said it to her on the phone and she just yelled at me. Kendall says, because she definitely feels attacked right now, I'm sure. Chloe says, she said that you slapped her first and that you should apologize to her. And Kendall's like, what? Like, I think Kendall had that moment that we've all had where somebody else's story is just so different from the truth that you know happened. And it's like, wait a damn minute. Right. Right. And... Chris is like, well, wait, did you slap her first? And Chloe says, oh God, I should have never said anything. And Kendall's like, first of all, I didn't hit her first, but also it wouldn't have mattered if I did because that's not the point. And you see Chris in her confessional. And I think she's saying like, especially with COVID going on, this is the last thing that they need. And it just feels so kind of petty. There's like such bigger fish to fry right now. And Chloe makes that point. She said, you guys both need to know that life is short and that we need to take our ego and pride out of this and just say, Kylie, I'm sorry for my part in the disagreement. And she should say, I'm sorry for my part. And then guess what? We can move on. Both of you are losing by not having each other. And Kendall agrees. I mean, I don't think, you know, I think they're all kind of on the same page. If the way, My interpretation of it was that Kylie was almost like the odd one out. Yeah, I thought so too. It was it came down to a matter of pride between the two of them. One of them just needed to call the other first and the other, both of them were just being stubborn about it. 
What I thought was interesting that was kind of a side plot line and not one of the three main ones that we're talking about was Chloe's role in this fight and how personally she took it. She was really the one that was so affected by it that was like, okay, this needs to end because I'm not, I cannot process Corona and everything going on in the world and knowing that my sisters are fighting. I need to be the one that just mends this if no one else is going to be able to. Yes. And I also think, and this may not be an actual point because you can make the same argument in terms of Kim and Courtney fighting, but I do think that Chloe mirrors Chris the most when it comes to her relationship with Kendall and Kylie, meaning she has a little bit of a maternal side with them. I mean, we've seen this, if you've been watching the show, you've seen this since forever. She was the one that taught them about periods and she's definitely taken on that kind of maternal role. Um, So I think for her, it upsets her almost in a similar way to how it upsets Chris, if you know what I mean. Um, Remember in that clip that someone had put up recently uh, when Mason's a little... And Mason goes, you know what Coco said? She said she's my second mom. And Kendall and Kylie say to Mason, that's what she used to tell us when we were little too. Yeah, I love that part. Yeah, it is. She definitely has a paternal role with her. And on top of that, I think she definitely has a lot of middle child tendencies and a huge middle child tendency is kind of being the peacemaker. So I think she feels really unsettled when the rest of the family has issues. Yeah, absolutely. She does not like that at all, especially because she's pretty much never the one where the issues are stemming from. Right. So, you know, keep that in the back of your mind. We see the evolution of that throughout the episode. Okay, so anyone who knows me, and honestly, at this point, anyone who listens to the podcast, because I guess we've just (laughs) gotten real close around here, knows that I do not wear bras. And like, that's not some sort of an over-exaggeration. You can ask any of my friends. I truly do not ever wear bras. However, there have recently been some circumstances where like, I just have to. I've been saying yes to more things. I feel like we've been going to more events and there are just some outfits. I got to do it. And when I tell you, I have finally found a bra that makes wearing one bearable. Like I'm never going to be an everyday bra wearer. It's not in the cars for me. But when I have to, the only bras I can wear are skims which I'll get into the specific ones in a second, but we all know this comes as no surprise. Like I have been an OG diehard Skims fan since day one. I am a fan of every single product they make. You know the way I feel about the underwear, the clothes, all of it. But now adding bras to the mix, specifically the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, because you guys know the way I feel about the Fits Everybody collection. I could talk about that for forever, but specifically the t-shirt bra, it's just so comfortable. I don't know, the straps don't dig into you. It's probably the only bra I've ever worn where when I get home, I'm not like dying to take it off, which I cannot express how massive of a feat that is for someone like me. It's just comfortable and it just does what it needs to do. And I am such a fan, which like no surprise, I love everything Skims makes, but here to confirm the bras are as good as you would think that they are. Shop Skims bras at skims.com now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Next scene, we're just going to Kim. Not going to get into it, but you know, Kim is really just overwhelmed. And of course she has, I'm sure she has help there. And I know she's living in a beautiful home, but she's not used to this. And I felt like something that I picked up on a lot with Kim was like, like she said, you know, I love being with my kids, but I'm not used to being with them that much. And I think on one hand, it's the side of her that was so desperately wanting to get back into working because that's where she thrives. But I also think, you know, I think she likes to get dressed up and to feel um, like she's kind of, I don't know. I just think that this is not the type of 
situation that she likes to be in for an extended period of time. No, and it's incredibly overwhelming for her. Four kids under the age of six, no matter who you are, is not a joke. And the way the episode makes it sound, it, it does make it sound like she's alone. If I had a guess, she probably has one nanny there. They made it seem, I think when North comes in, she says, go to Yaya or something. Um, but trust me, I've been the babysitter in a house where the parents are home. And with young kids, the babysitter doesn't exist. All they want is to be with their mom. So you could have a bunch of people there and it'll, if you're home, your kids are not leaving you alone. So I can understand Kim's struggle to just want a minute of peace by herself. Right. Totally. I'm sure it's, it's very relatable to moms, but also some people are like, are you kidding me? You're in this huge house, you know, it's, you know, and and, and I also can relate that, but that's her reality. So you have to kind of think about it in terms of her, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Anyway. So Next scene, we only want to mention this part because it was interesting. You know, Chloe's still in quarantine and she really is just so bored. And she asked Tristan to get her a puzzle. And so Tristan gets her this puzzle and it's a picture of, you know, them kissing clearly when they were together. But the reason we wanted to mention it is because Chloe kind of makes a joke about it when she's like, of course he gets me this one. But it also just feeds into the storyline that we are slowly being fed of like Tristan really trying to make his way back and Chloe having a little bit of her guard up. Yeah. The puzzle was <laughs> cute. I don't know. Can I say that? <laughs> I episode. I know. It's such a weird thing. It's like we know how manipulative he is. We know every single thing that he's done. We've spoken at length about that. And then you have these moments of like, okay, well, we worked so hard to get that out of our heads in order to like be, I guess, okay with them being back together. And that it's like, shit, is it bad that I thought that was cute? Am I falling for his manipulation? You know what I mean? It's a weird kind of place to be in. I mean, also let's talk about Courtney and Scott for a second, because it's not like Courtney and Scott were a perfect couple before their breakup. They had a lot of shit and a lot of shit that he did wrong. And I'm by no means comparing Tristan and Chloe to Scott and Courtney, but it is a little hypocritical for us to want them together that badly and not at least acknowledge why Chloe would be okay with getting back with Tristan or be able to praise Tristan for the things that he does well. Yes, however, and I agree with you. I really do. But because my- Scott definitely cheated on Courtney a time or two. I, I hear you. I agree with you. My counter to that, I guess, would be I don't think it's a fair comparison because if we were only two years in or three years in or however old true is i don't think we'd feel the same way about courtney and scott it took a lot of years for us to get to this point so i feel like it's you know tristan listen tristan is still kind of walking on eggshells in terms of the family and in terms of the public perception scott had to really go through it it's not like he just magically came up and the difference between scott public perception wise and tristan public perception wise is that tristan's cheating was caught on camera with his face in between two waitresses' tits. So I'm that's totally why, with you. You know what I mean? I'm like hundred thousand percent with you. So I just think that it's it's I think it's fair, I guess, for if people are feeling hypocritical, that's fair, but also recognize these are two different situations. Cause I think in a couple of years, assuming things continue with Chloe and Tristan, people will probably feel different about it because he's proven himself, I guess. Well that's the point is that we have to at least and I don't love having like being able to say this. It's not my favorite thing in the world to say, but I think we have to at least give him the opportunity to be that person because I'm not saying he's perfect now. I'm not saying we should forgive him now. I'm not saying this isn't a manipulation or whatever it is still. By no means am I saying that. I'm just saying that if we 
gave Scott the opportunity to grow and become a different person, then we, this is Chloe's reality and we can't change that. If we're going to accept that, then we should be able to give Tristan the opportunity to do the same, I think. Yeah. And it's okay not to know also. And I think people also will probably have really strong opinions one way or another and that's fine. I mean, listen, that, you know, I, I do think there's an element of it also that the Jordan thing makes it more personal because of the level Definitely. of the You know what I mean? Like you never saw Scott. I mean, you saw the Chloe Bartoli, but you never saw Scott with like Stoss or someone so close to the family. No, so, of course not. And that's right. And I will maintain this, you know, listen, when it all happened, everybody I think was so shocked, but just now, so many months later, kind of looking back on it at all, like- you know, it's water under the bridge, it's over, but this was a Tristan issue. This was not a Jordan issue. Jordan momentarily fucked up. Tristan was the real wrong one here. Yes. And I totally agree with you. You know, Tristan, Jordan. I'm not trying to defend Tristan at all by any means. I, not in the slightest. I don't want it to come off like that at all. My only thought is just like, if this is Chloe's reality and this is what Chloe wants, there's us picking apart the things isn't going to change anything at all. So I think that we should at least like, that's what Kim had to do. Like Kim was the least on board with Tristan, but Kim was able to be like, okay, if this is going to be the reality, they're going to co-parent, they're going to have a child together. They're going to eventually get back together. Then I need to be able to like acknowledge the things he's doing right. At least that's all. No, I don't think it comes across at all. Like you're hardcore defending him, at least not to me. And I hear you. I think you're right. It listen, if fucking Kim could do it, we, we all, all could. You know, right? Chris can, yeah. That's her child. Like exactly, exactly. Anyway, so next scene, we're not going to really get into it. But basically, Kim escapes to Chris's house across the street for a moment of peace and quiet. And Chris says in her confessional, like Kim is superwoman. She really can do it all, but she's having a moment. And I just thought it's always interesting. You know, my mom always used to say to me growing up, and I'm sure other people have this experience with their parents. Like you'll see, you'll see when you're older. You know, it's not so easier. Whatever the thing was, and this was quite literally the most tangible representation of like a, oh, so it wasn't so easy. Right. Exactly. And you were an only child. (laughs) Oh, and I was an only child. I mean, that's what my mom always says to us. She's always like, I can't wait till you have kids that are exactly like you. Right. I mean, (laughs) I don't even, I can't even talk about us in college, but yeah. So I know we're all kind of operating at a different skill level when it comes to makeup. Like I have some friends who they do their makeup and it looks like they got it professionally done. I have others who know nothing about any products. And then I would say I'm somewhere in the middle, like by no means am I very skilled, but I think I can hold my own. And in terms of my everyday, I'm just doing mascara, lip gloss, and maybe a little bit of highlighter on my inner corner. So if I'm only using a few products, I need them to be excellent. And I've recently been very into the Thrive Cosmetics mascara which I'll tell you about in a second, but just in general, a note on the company. For every product purchase, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive, which I just love knowing that I'm buying from a company that does that. And in terms of their mascara, so it's the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. You guys have seen that. It's the viral turquoise tube. I've saw it all over social media before I ever started using it. And it's a unique formula that creates tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. It's also super easy to remove. So it slides right off with warm water. It doesn't leave smudges. And the ingredients are really nourishing. So they support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It really just gets the job done. Like you will see what I mean when you try it. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. 
Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 10% off your first order. Okay, so this next scene is really kind of just a continuation of Chloe's Quarantine Chronicles. And the only reason we want to mention this, because I know it's pretty stupid how she makes this quarantina, it's you know, her only friend in quarantine. The only reason that we're mentioning this is because she FaceTimes with Tristan to show this creation that she's made. And she's like, so is there anything that you want to say to Tina? And he goes, hey, Tina, threesome. And it was just one of those things where if you're watching Kardashians and you know nothing, you just glaze right over that. But if you're watching and you're one of us, you're like, oh, I guess you're comfortable enough to make those jokes around here. <laughs> oh, he got comfortable in this episode. <laughs> he got comfortable real quick, Julie. Real quick. Things switched up real quick in this episode. I know. I was like, you're, you're going to say threesome and not put a trigger warning before? Do you know what happened when she was in labor? Like, that's how I felt. <laughs> it was just, yeah. He, I, I, I Again, I am enjoying watching their dynamic. Honestly, from a completely objective place, I'm enjoying watching it. Maybe that's what it is for me. That you just enjoy watching it? Yeah, I'm just like, not that I just enjoy watching it. I think this episode was the first time that I enjoyed watching it. This is not just a celebrity thing. This is just like a real life thing. It's often you find that you get the best kind of example of people or you get to really understand people the best when you're watching them do very mundane activities. Like, yes, it's you know, like, yeah, it's really cool to hear someone give this like very heart wrenching interview, but also just watching how someone like packs their kids lunch in the morning and how they say goodbye to their spouse. Like these are such minor interactions, but there's something interesting watching that. Yeah. Because that's their true self. Exactly. Okay. So next scene, we're going back to the whole Kendall and Kylie dynamic and you guys never in my wildest dreams did I think that a comment, no, it wasn't our post, but just in general, that an Instagram comment would be a literal storyline on keeping up. So we'll get into that in a second. But as people who posted that the day it happened, it was incredibly meta to watch the behind the scenes, was it not? Oh, my God. Like, I'm not trying to gatekeep comments, but uh, <laughs> I felt like they were talking directly to us there. <laughs> okay, so let me let me explain to you what happened. Basically, you know, Chloe FaceTimes Chris, and sh- they're talking about the situation. And Chloe says... I spoke to Kendall. Kylie posted a picture of the two of them and Kendall commented, oh, I thought we were mad at each other. And Kylie said, we still are. And you see Chris's shock. She's like, wait, she said that publicly? And Chloe's like, yeah. I mean, the first time they spoke was in that Instagram comment. Okay. Let me tell you guys, this was on March 22nd. We posted that the second we saw it. It was ended up being like six or so hours after they commented it, but we hadn't seen it. And it was when Kylie posted that picture of them in the white shirt. She wrote throwback and Kendall says, aren't we fighting? And she says, yes, my titties are sitting nice in this pic. When we saw that, to be honest with you, for me at least, I thought it was completely a joke. Like no way are they actually fighting. And then when I'm finding out the story behind this comment, the fact that this is the first time they ever spoke, I was like, Julie. I have a couple of things about this. First, The reason that we didn't post this right away, if you remember, is because it felt like an inside joke that we didn't get. So we were holding off on posting it because we didn't think that other people were going to respond to it because we didn't know what they were talking about. But everyone kept sending it to us. So we were like, okay, whatever, we'll post it. It ended up doing like much better than I expected. But then when the episode aired and people were sending it back to us being like, oh, this must have been around the same time. We were like, oh, that's so crazy that they were 
actually fighting. Like we did not think that that was an actual fight going on. And then when this episode happened and they're talking about it, I was like, holy shit, the confirmation on that, the fact that it was an actual fight and the fact that they are talking about comments in general and them only talking in the comments section was M crazy, crazy crazy i don't know if you know you guys watching it had the same reaction that we did i I would imagine ours was a little bit more intensified because you're right there was an entire thought process that went into behind whether or not we should post it because we're like okay is this stupid is this only funny to them it was very very meta it was like we you want to know what it was julie it was like we very rarely get this like it's, it's either we either get it because it happened to come out randomly or we get to speak to that celebrity and find out what was going on. But it, there's really no in between. There are so many comments where we wish we had the backstory and we never did. So this was like yeah. the best version of that. I, I just I knew it was never going to happen, but there was a part of me that was just waiting for Chris to, for Chloe to be like. And of course, comments by celebs picked it up like I, that would have been my literal dream. Well. The reason that it would have been for me is I knew there was no shot that they would ever actually put our post on the screen, but like they so could have come on. It was, it, it would have looked better. Like we, we, we formatted so nice. it. Oh, I know that was a total dream and it would have never happened. But yeah, listen, if you're being honest, if I'm being honest, I had that moment. Yeah. I can't lie. Cannot lie. Cannot lie. But you know, they're basically just talking Chloe and Chris about how this is not normal for them. They fight, but there's no such thing as not talking. You know, Chloe's saying, listen, Kim and Courtney got really into it. And a couple of days later, they're going to Armenia. Like she was just saying, this is very atypical for their family, which honestly, in our experience with them, we've never really seen this long of a silence period. I was shocked that it had been a month. Shocked. Well, it's also because we have no concept of time in between these episodes in general. Right. But like they've gotten into a lot of fights before. And I think I was also looking at it from a sister angle of like, (laughs) you usually can't go a month without seeing each other. And I guess because of quarantine, they were able to push it farther than they probably normally would have. Like if they weren't quarantined, they would have had to see each other at some family event or maybe not with Kylie recently, but to not talk for a month is crazy. And then for Kylie to Instagram a picture of them, in the middle of that month must have been actually so confusing for Kendall. I would have been pissed, to be honest with you. I would have been really pissed. I would have been like, what image are you trying to portray to the world? Meanwhile, you really hurt me. Like you really hurt my feelings and you can't even contact me, but you can put it out to the world as if we're in a good mood. Like now that I'm looking back at it, Kendall's comment was a little shady. Kendall's comment, if I was Kendall, I would have torn her apart in the comments section. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like that is a bizarre thing to do. It was really weird. The month not talking is a it's a long time for them. It's it was very weird to me. Well, Chloe says it's true though. Like listen, everybody handles things differently. Some people really just need space, but I I just grew up. My grandma said to me, no matter what, you make up before you go to bed. So I've never had that. I've never not spoken to anyone for days. I just can't do it. I'm so afraid. I guess it's different. I, I just guess I just have such a, a death fear. So that's probably why. So maybe it doesn't come from the healthiest place, but I always, I mean, you know me. No, I know. I mean, that's the most off, like, unlike you thing ever. I've definitely been there with extending out a fight longer than it should have been and definitely not talking for a couple of days. A month is a very, very long time, especially in the middle of a pandemic when two of your family members have already gotten very, very sick from it. 
it's just weird to me. In Kylie's defense, we didn't see as much of her as we did of Kendall, but didn't it feel like Kendall was just more upset? It did feel like they were both more upset, but at a certain point, it's like it's both of your pride that's getting in the way of this. Yeah, but I'm saying, didn't it feel like Kendall was more upset about the fact that they weren't talking? Or you think that that yeah, was Kylie just didn't seem bothered at all? Kendall yeah. was upset, and it kind of seemed like Kendall wanted to. Kendall wanted Kylie to reach out and to acknowledge what Kendall was feeling. And that's why I think Kendall was waiting so long to talk to her, was refusing to talk to her until Kylie did something first. Like she felt like she was the one that was so wronged and therefore Kylie could show an ounce of sensitivity to her and just pick up a phone with Kylie. I think Kylie was like, this fight's ridiculous. This is stupid. And I'm not going to be the one to cave. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Very different approaches. It both aren't right. And both of them should have picked up a phone earlier but Kylie's approach, I think, had way more to do with pride and Kendall's had way more to do with being hurt. And Kendall seemed way more affected by the fact that they weren't talking. It seemed like Kylie didn't even realize. I agree. And I think that it's a, it's almost like the Courtney effect, if you know what I'm going to say. It's, it, I don't know if you're going to follow or if you're going to agree. But like I, we've often said in previous seasons that like Courtney's inability to communicate in an effective way does her disservice because even when her actual point is right. The way she goes about it just makes it like harder to get on board with. That's been very different recently, but you guys remember. And so with Kylie, it's almost like she has this wall up with the camera for whatever reason. You know, I just don't think she wants to be as involved in the show. We know that for a fact. And so it's almost like it makes it makes it harder to get on board because she almost comes across as colder. Not saying she is in actuality, but that's almost how it comes across. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Yeah. Well, that's the point that I was also making that you would have thought that like becoming a mom would have softened her a little. Yeah. And maybe it did in some ways. I don't know. I think also Chris is very softened in comparison to the rest of everybody else too. Yeah. I don't know. I think Kylie is one of those people though. That's different. That's different. Like, like I think Kim is probably very similar in terms of how she is on camera versus how she is in real life. But even when Kylie was in James Charles' video recently, she basically said, like, I can never just be my actual self. I don't think she's ever like that with the cameras as much as she is with her family. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. It's, it is – Kylie is, like, my person to watch right now just from an interested perspective. She's the one that, like – she's the one out of everybody in the family where I was like, I guess I don't really know you. Same, which is so crazy because you've it feels like you've known her the longest since she was such a child when they were growing up. But she really it, it's just a very, very different vibe. And I think so much of it comes from the fact that they got so famous when she was so much younger, comparatively speaking to the others. It's a totally different upbringing and it's a totally different way of us getting to know her. It really is. Also, if you look at any of their fights, and maybe this is just about who they are as people and the way they deal with things and their sensitivity levels. But it's always Kendall being more upset about what's going on than Kylie is. But in that one, but, but in that one episode of Life of Kylie that we were talking about, where Jordan is talking about their relationship, the Kendall and Kylie's relationship, she says that she wasn't close to Kendall for the first couple of years that she was friends with Kylie because she always found Kendall to be cold, which is so interesting based on the way we're talking about them now. Totally, totally, totally. And I think two things, and I know we have to move on. I do think it comes from just Kylie's extroverted personality in terms of the Jordan element of things. You know what I mean? Like I think Kendall's Kendall's shyness maybe was a barrier in terms of closeness to people that weren't in the family. But also, I forgot to say this earlier, 
I forgot to say this earlier, and this is really, really a stupid thing, and we'll talk about it more in the later scene, but when they're FaceTiming later on, there's a superficial this is a very, very superficial observation, and I recognize this, but I just think it, it plays into the conversation we're talking about now. Kylie is in full hair, full glam in her office. Kendall's like literally no makeup, just happens to be on a FaceTime call, and it happens to be on camera. I know it's a non-element. However, I do think there's a subconscious perception shift that comes into play when you're watching it because it feels like Kendall's just being so raw and real, like here I am, and Kylie isn't giving off that same energy. And I feel like the whole thing of her being all made up maybe plays into the narrative in a way. I don't know if that makes any sense, but I can't help but feel that way. I agree with you. And especially because I felt like every single one of them was comfortable being on camera, just their natural selves. Kim, Chris, Chloe, all of them were just, their hair was short. It was natural. It was the way it was. No makeup. They were just home and embracing that. Kendall too. And Kylie was the only one that was like, if I'm going to be in a scene, I need to be in full makeup. Yeah. But I mean, Julie, you know, exactly. Kylie is wildly insecure. It's it's just, it's very unfortunate. I think it's a complete product of the way, you know, you probably would be too. And I'm not saying you, like anybody probably would be if at 15 years old, you're being so harshly compared to your sisters, you're being told you have, you know, all these issues that are wrong with you. So it's the Chloe element that we talk about all the time. It's like, on one hand, People may judge her, but on the other hand, it's like, well, look what she went through. Of course, she was going to try to change herself to not people to not be as mean. But then you realize that that'll never be an accomplishment because everybody's always just mean. A thousand percent. Apartments.com believes the dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. And listen, we all have our non-negotiables in terms of what we really want when looking for an apartment. I know for me, natural light has always been really important. I just know myself and I am a happier person when I have that natural light throughout the day. And I also told myself that in my next place, I will definitely have a washer and dryer because... You just can't beat that convenience. And I know it can be hard to find, but when you find it, I think it is so worth it. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit apartments.com, the place to find a place. Okay, so next scene, again, not really going to get into it, but Kim is on that Zoom with the Georgetown Law class. And just to keep in mind in terms of the time frame, in this scene, she says that her documentary, The Justice Project, is coming out this week. That premiered on April 5th. So it all makes sense timeline-wise, you know, especially Kylie and Kendall's comment was on March 22nd. So this was all in the same, in the same, uh, in the same time frame, I, I guess. But Don't you feel settled when the times match up? I can't even tell you. It's yes. <laughs> I'm just gonna yes. <laughs> There's such this like ambiguity that that arises when you're watching the show. So to have a solid timeline is very helpful. So you know Kim is just sitting there and she's kind of talking with this class and and Mamalu is on and and Mamalu is someone that Kim assisted in getting out of prison. He was supposed to be uh, in prison for life for a for a crime he committed when he was 16. And he is just incredibly appreciative. I think she is also to just be there. You can tell the class is kind of very excited for her being there. But 
we've saw this. I don't know if it was in an Instagram story. I don't know if we saw it on TikTok where this was. I don't know if Kim posted it, if the clip just went viral because one of the kids posted it. But that clip of Kim where she's on with the class and she's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry, but my daughter just ran outside and you see her running for Chicago. It's like, those are the types of things where we saw that play out on social media. So then to see the behind the scenes, I just always love. By the way, they clearly don't have that many nannies there if one of them allowed Chicago to be by a pool alone. Right. I really think she only had one or two. I think I, I, I would bet one, which is <laughs> the idea of being somewhere and seeing your two-year-old out by the pool by themselves, I understand is the scariest feeling ever, probably. Ever. Oh, my God. You know how we, how we are with my little cousins? Yeah, of course. Yeah. But anyway, I just... I. I always love watching Kim in these environments. And again, I just think they all, there's clearly a reason that they all have the following they do, but there is just something about the way that Kim interacts with people that is just different. It's much more similar to Chris and none of them with the exception of Chloe really has it in terms of interacting with like their fans. I so agree. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. So next scene, we're going back onto the Kylie and Kendall thing. And Chris is really just trying to kind of help Kylie come to the conclusion they all want her to come to, which is like reach out to Kendall. So she's FaceTiming her. By the way, just a total side note, Chris in that one little nook of her house, I that shot could have been, I mean, I know her house has been in Architectural Digest, but that particular shot when the fire was burning, she's sitting on that gorgeous chair. I was like, God damn, you look good right now. Did you see the second note that I wrote down? I would when you get a chance. I'd love to talk about Chris's fireplace. I swear on my entire life I did not see that. (laughs) I would do dirty shit for that fireplace. That fireplace is beautiful. That fireplace was the focal point of the whole episode. I could talk about that fireplace from now until 27 episodes later. Yeah, I completely agree. 100 out of 10. So Kylie's doing her makeup and they're talking about the pandemic that's going on. And Kylie says that Dr. A says they don't have protective equipment. She got gave her as many masks as she could. And, you know, Kylie says to Chris, I'd like to donate a million dollars. Can you tell her? Which like, listen, it was great. It was commendable. Absolutely. But I think also there's just, it's crazy to watch in action the like casualness with which she makes that comment. And that's not a criticism at all. It's amazing that she chose to do that with the money that she has. But it's one thing when you see in writing, like Kylie's story, I'm donating a million dollars to help with the co- coronavirus pandemic. And then it's like, yeah, mom, can you just tell her that I want to just give a million? It, it, it changes things in a way, not in a bad way at all. It's just crazy. I know. And also while I'm being cognizant of giving credit where credit is due, I will say that Kylie did seem very genuine in this scene. Oh, totally. I don't think that that was a ploy to make people like her. I think, I mean, by the way, Dr. A is so close to their entire family. And so it's harder. I mean, of course, I think just the entire, what the entire world was going through. But when you firsthand see a doctor that you particularly know struggling, it's like you feel like you need to do something. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But basically, Chris asks her, Kylie says, no, we haven't spoken. And Chris says, she's the only one who doesn't have kids. And I feel like she's alone a lot. I just worry about her. And in her confessional, she says, I'm just trying to nudge Kylie into mending the fence with Kendall and making sure that they get reconnected. I I don't know. Kylie is just not answering her. Yeah, no, Kylie is just like, just not acknowledging it. She was not. I mean, I think we always think of Kylie as being so beyond her years, especially because she's a mom and she's a billionaire and she operates not like a typical 23, 24 year old. But there are certain times, especially in this episode, where her age definitely showed through. 
Totally, totally. Anyway, so there were a couple of scenes that are not really worth discussing with Kim and Chloe. But then we get to Kendall, and she's doing this Insta story, and she's talking about the book Only Love is Real by Brian Weiss. And in her confessional, she's saying, you know, she was asked to recommend this book. And before her and Kylie had gotten into a fight, Kylie showed her the book. And in it, there was an entire paragraph on pride and how it's an extension of fear. And it really reminds her of her argument with Kylie. And you can tell she's kind of just marinating on this. It's interesting in general that she would have had this kind of realization from a book, but I guess it added another layer since Kylie was the one that introduced her to it. Right. Exactly. It's also a very accurate statement that pride is an extension of fear. Listen, (laughs) this guy didn't get Kendall to read his book for nothing. (laughs) I think it's also just like a fear of vulnerability because you don't know what could happen if you put that pride aside. That's when real vulnerability occurs. And so I think specifically with Kylie, I don't necessarily know if that's an, I don't know if that's an element she's been so great at recently, maybe. I don't know. I think it's for both of them. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. But anyway, Kanye takes the kids to Wyoming. Kim is finally alone. She has some alone time. She's in her dressing room and she gets a FaceTime from Kendall. Kendall's telling her about the the pride conversation. She's like, yeah, you know, I called Kylie. She didn't answer. And Kim's like, it's so interesting. I just texted her 10 minutes ago and asked her about your fight. And as Kim's talking, Kylie calls her. And I was like, da, da, da. (laughs) I love when that happens. Love when that happens. And then we get to, you know, the next scene and they finally talk and make up. And like I said, I definitely think there was a visual element here that probably didn't play into Kylie's defense in terms of a subconscious perception issue. But they, it was very, it was like a, a whole lot of ruckus for nothing because it was incredibly anticlimactic. They kind of just forgave each other. Yeah. They could have done this three weeks ago. Yeah. I mean, Kylie again was more focused on the actual incident. Like she said, you know, it was just a misunderstanding. I didn't know I was driving you. Whereas Kendall was less focused on the facts and more focused on the emotions. But I guess they just handle it differently. It was just like for what was built up for a full month to not speak. A month is a very, very long time to not speak, to not say a word to somebody that you are used to speaking to every day. For when for that argument to reach ahead and for you to finally talk, for that to be the outcome and the discussion was just like, what the fuck did you not speak for a month for? I don't know. I think it's also when the more time goes on, you start to build something up in your mind as if it's a bigger deal than it is, you know? Yeah. Well, that's why I like expected to there to be like at least a little bit more here. I'm glad there wasn't. I I would always prefer them to have an argument and then solve it well and easily and not have to have a full-blown second fight about it. I was just surprised by the ease in which it happened given the timeline. Yeah, I also think because of what was going on, it probably fed into it. Like, they weren't in a fighting mood. Yeah. They were both over. They were just waiting for the other to reach out. Their pride Mm -hmm. definitely got in the way. That was the biggest piece of it. Exactly. Anyway, we find out Chloe's negative. She can reunite with True at Kim's house. You know, as much as she was looking for some alone time, I think she was now really starting to miss the kids. Also, side note, she's doing this, like, foot peel that Scott had gotten her. I know it's gross to watch, but also if anybody knows what that was or if anybody has like an amazing I know what it is. I'll send it to you. Oh my God. You have to. I forgot what it's called, but I, I know what it is. I'll send it to you. I know it's gross, but also I could watch that all day. Like that's the shit I love. It was like – it was – yeah. Though that's what I wrote down. I was like this is a lot of close-up of Kim's feet, but like also I won't lie that that feels very satisfying to watch. It's almost cathartic in a way, you know? I mean you know I love peeling someone else's burn. I do know that about you. (laughs) I know you know that. 
<laughs> we are too close. That's just, me and Julie and Isabel have this joke. It's like too close because we'll just be talking about something and Julie will make a comment about like the literal most specific detail about like an extended member of my family that she would never know if she didn't like talk to my aunt about it on their way back from my mom's unveiling. And I'll be like too fucking close. Like It is just, it's a different level, kid. It is a different fucking level. My dad today, I come downstairs, he has the flyer for some, I don't know, awards, something. And he goes, just sent that picture to Isabel. I want her to get on it. I'm like, well, you're not our publicist. <laughs> he thinks he is though. It's so cute. He's like, I just don't want you to lose out on any opportunity. He's No, he's the best. <laughs> anyway, last scene, we're at Chloe's house. The reason we want to talk about this is because she's in the playroom with Chris, Tristan and True. Again, they're not doing anything so major here, but just watching them interact. But Chloe puts on the glasses that she had had on Quarantina. And Tristan goes, oh, you look like the smart girl. I'm going to cheat off on the test. And she goes, thank God you said on a test. That was the highlight of the episode for me, that one line. That was a serious mic drop. And I was just so here for it. They moved on very quickly, but we didn't. Yeah, no, we didn't. Which I guess is good. It gets to a point where they can kind of joke about it in a way. I think they got it to be able to get to where they are. Yeah. I also think, you know, we see the previews for next week about how Tristan says, you know, I know what I want in my life and what I want in my life is you. And I think watching that happen will be really interesting, especially – I say this always, but Scott is the voice of the watcher because you see them all in that FaceTime and you see Scott ask the question we are all wondering, which is, has Chloe slept with Tristan? Whereas like, we don't get that question from anyone else, but Scott comes in and asks the question that we're all wondering. Because at the end of the day, personally, that's what I want to know. We would get half of the information that we get if it wasn't for Scott. Oh, without a doubt. I just think, I okay, this is what I honestly think. I think there's a genuine chance that they have not slept together up until this episode. But I think, obviously going forward, they have been. But I don't think it's the craziest thing to think that they haven't in the last few months. I'm turn- in terms of this episode. In terms of that episode, no, it's not the craziest thing. And also, like, I know Chloe's had corona for most of quarantine, but like prior to quarantine, I don't think she was dating. I don't think she was seeing anybody. So if that did happen just purely from a need based thing, I don't blame her even a little bit. No, I mean, you're- listen, it's not. It's a real thing. That interaction, that intimacy is kind of important for like your mental sanity if you have the ability to have it with somebody who you're already quarantined with. Trust me, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, anything else you want to mention about anything? Yeah, I had one more point. So weird of Kim that she's like talking about like how crazy she is with the kids and she's talking to everybody else, but like didn't even think to like FaceTime Courtney about it. <laughs> Or I've just wanted to do Courtney just not want to be in this episode. I I know, but you could you would have thought that she would have at least called her or something. Like she didn't have to put makeup on or be seen to be called. But I wonder if Okay, I don't even think this is true. Should I just say the thought that I had even though it's wrong? I would love for you to, yeah. I'm just, I'm just gonna say it because it was just what went through my head, but I don't think there's any legitimacy to this. I was gonna say maybe it's because she knew for a fact Courtney wasn't feeling that way. Courtney like thrives in just being alone with her kids. And so maybe it was like a little bit of the mom guilt creeping in, which is why she oh, went to that's a really good point. Do you think or you think that's total bullshit? And I just made it no, up. No, I think that's a great point. I think that if you're no, that's an amazing point. If you're struggling and you're like, 
I, I don't know what to do about my kids. They're driving me crazy. I, I'm with them 24 seven. And you call somebody that's going to then even, even if you want their advice, or even if you don't know for sure that that's the route they're going to take the possibility of them coming back at you and being like, Oh really? It's my dream. I'm so happy. This is all I ever wanted was to be alone with my kids. Mason's older. So he's so helpful. Um, I'm having the best time. This is the best thing ever. Then no, that's not the answer you want. I think that's a perfectly logical, really good point. Wow, Julie, you really just hyped me up there. Thanks. Yeah, it was a good point. Thanks. <laughs> Don't fly away from your good points, kid. <laughs> anyway, um, okay, that's all. Anything else? I think that's it. I think so too. We love you guys. I don't know, again, by the time this episode comes out, what the deal is going to be. I know that the second we end this, I'm going to go right back to the television and just watch an anxiety. I know people say don't do it to yourself, but I physically can't help it. Um, if you're listening to this and it's still going on, I hope it maybe gave you a little bit of clarity or I don't know, escape throughout your day, but we love you guys so much. Isabel and I will be back tomorrow for Bravo. Just couldn't do it with yesterday. And also we want to be able to include tonight's Southern charm. So we will see you tomorrow. We're recording at 7am tomorrow morning so that we can talk about Southern charm. We're going to talk Erica, Tom, the whole nine. So we love you guys. We'll see you tomorrow. And then again on Monday. So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract, and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life, so don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like, You shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide.